Welcome to Canine Nation. It's Sunday, December 23rd, 2018. And this is episode 116. Hi everyone, and happy holidays. I'm Eric Brad. This week's podcast is brought to you by you. Canine Nation podcasts are listener-sponsored, and we'd like to thank contributors like Rick Oberndorf, who's generously gone to our PayPal page from the caninenation.ca website and made a one-time donation. You can find that under support on the main page at caninenation.ca or just click the big button that says Donate. You can give us a one-time donation of $1, $5, or $10, and there's even an option for a recurring monthly donation if you enjoy Canine Nation on a regular basis. This week's podcast is something a little different. It's a look into how I struggle when trying to work with clients and their dogs, Canine behavior and training is a fairly simple thing when you look at it from the perspective of what a client is trying to do with their dog. But I think anyone who's looked into canine behavior and learning theory knows that there are a lot of moving parts. We don't just deal with what are our criteria for behavior and how can we get the dog to do that behavior. We have to think about how we're going to reward, whether our dog will value that reward what the environment is where we're teaching the dog and how distracting or simple it may be for them to understand what we're trying to do. Basically, there are a lot of moving parts when we consider how to train. So in any given situation, when I'm working with a client and their dog, and they ask me, how do I fix this? It's a challenge for me. Suddenly, all of this learning sort of collides in my head, and I have to make a decision about how to explain something that isn't necessarily complex to me, but has a lot of moving parts, to someone who doesn't have an understanding of all these things. What it boils down to, to me, is getting the client to do the right thing in the moment to help the dog learn. I'll always have the opportunity to explain later why what we did works with this dog, and to help the client understand how to extrapolate that out into something bigger. But in that moment, the best thing I can do is to just show them what's going to work. Sometimes that idea gets lost, and I'm too tempted to give the client a fuller explanation. And sometimes that doesn't go well. And that prompted me to write an essay that I call Shut Up and Train the Dog. A student once asked me, why isn't my dog running faster when we do agility together? I stood there for a few seconds, completely speechless. In that moment, 15 years of learning about canine behavior, motivation, operant and classical conditioning, observation skills, health concerns, relationship management, reward schedules, and dozens more topics began flashing through my head. I struggled to find a place to start my answer. Although my student would think it was a simple question, it seemed to me to be more like five or six questions. 
and the answers to those questions would inevitably lead to several more questions before we could even get close to a definitive answer. In the end, I just smiled and said, let's try it again, but this time I only want you to do three jumps and reward your dog no matter what happens. It wasn't the answer I wanted to give. Experience has taught me that even though all of the things that I have learned about working with dogs come together to make perfect sense in my head, trying to explain them to a student can sometimes be like asking them to take a sip of water from a fire hose. It's just too much information all at once. In most cases, people don't really want to know why something is or isn't happening. What they want to know is how to make it work the way they want it to work. And that's a very different question. Immersing myself in learning about canine behavior and behavioral science has taught me one very important thing. While the observable results of my dog's behavior may be simple, the motivation, learning, and focus that goes into my dog performing that behavior is not so simple. Thankfully, that doesn't mean my dog's behavior is complicated or hard to understand. I just have to take the right things into account, and sometimes that means looking beyond the simple question, did she sit when I asked or not? The real challenge I often have in working with people is that they focus almost exclusively on results. Did the dog do the behavior or not? When they don't get the desired results, they want to do whatever thing does get the results that they want. Unfortunately, that can be as useful as continually mashing the elevator button to get it to arrive faster. I'm doing something, but it isn't really helping. There may be many reasons my dog isn't responding the way I would like, and just trying to fix it can mean I'm ignoring some very important things or doing things that aren't really helping. My dog could be distracted because we are in a new or interesting place. She could be feeling ill or hurting. She might not understand the cue as well as I thought she did, or I haven't rewarded her enough for that behavior to make it worth her while. It could even be that I have shown her my frustration too often, and that she doesn't want to risk seeming wrong. See what I mean? The answer may be simple, but finding that answer may not be so simple. It would be better to know what the problem is before rushing in to provide a solution. So what should I do when I know I'm really being asked, how do I make it work? The temptation is to launch into a detailed answer, including all of the various topics that would address that question. This is where the dog owner has just asked for that drink of water, and I'm about to turn on the fire hose. Too many times I've launched into a detailed answer to address their training problem, and noticed that look on the owner's face the one where their eyes are glazing over and they have that frozen smile while they politely listen? It's a look that says, Could you just shut up and train the dog, please? Like most people, I was taught that dogs were simple, and you just made them do what you wanted when you wanted it. Training was a simple thing. You either did it or you didn't. If your dog responded to your cues, good dog. If not, bad dog. But now, I know it doesn't work quite like that. Trust me, there are days I would like it to be that simple. But now I have a different perspective, and there's a big gap between what I know and what a dog owner might know. The challenge 
is to address their question without presenting a two-hour lecture on behavior and training. I need to shut up and train the dog. I know that I'm not alone in struggling with this challenge. Life would be so much easier if changing our dog's behavior was as easy as pushing a button or pulling a lever. So, when helping someone with their dog, I try to find a bridge between the simple answer that addresses their immediate concern while still bringing them a little closer to understanding the concepts behind what's going on. Most often, I will come up with something that they can do right there and right now that addresses their problem just to start us off. For example, if the owner is concerned that their dog is jumping up on them for attention, I ask them to just stay still and do nothing. I do the same thing, nothing. And for several seconds, the dog may jump up and bounce and try to get some attention. The instant they stop, I reward the dog with some attention or food. If they start to jump up again, we go still and do nothing. It doesn't take more than a few tries for the dog to get the message. Jumping up equals nothing from the human, but staying on the ground gets you what you want. Once we can both see the results, I can explain what's going on. There's a simple reason their dog jumps up. It works. It gets them the attention they want. So two things have to happen. First, we need to make sure that the behavior that we don't want, the jumping up, doesn't produce what the dog wants. And second, when the dog does what we want, by keeping four paws on the floor or sitting, that's when the good stuff happens. People are often thrilled to have something new to work on in their training. But there's a temptation to demonstrate the solution and just leave it at that. There's a fear of boring or losing the dog owner if we talk about what's really happening. That fear makes it easy to skip over the part where we teach them a bit about the concepts behind what's going on. It's easy to get dog owners to do the right things with their dogs when you show them something that gets results. It's not so easy to take that extra step and help them understand why what you're doing works. In order to avoid turning on that fire hose, I give them a part of the answer or a simplified version so that I don't overwhelm them. Passing on some of the principles behind this training is my way of implementing an old Chinese proverb. Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. Sometimes doing the thing I want to explain to a dog owner is the best way to show them what I mean. If they can see that what I'm trying to teach them actually works with their dog, it can have a profound impact. All of the different scientific terms and concepts that seem to bounce off their heads when I try to explain it to them suddenly become simple and easy to understand if I can just work with their dog and they can relate those concepts to what I just showed them. If a picture is worth a thousand words, then a demonstration can be priceless. It can get dog owners hooked on a new way to work with their dogs. But I always have to keep in mind that this approach only works if I follow up the demonstration with solid information on the principles behind it, without being too wordy or over-explaining it. Even though I'm helping them with their training, it's not really appropriate to take up too much of their time as I'm trying to help them. I like to think of it as filling a glass of water. You can only fill it so far, and then you're just pouring water all over the table. 
Sometimes it's better to stop explaining and just show them what you mean. You know, just shut up and train the dog. Just don't forget to pass on a bit of your wisdom after the show. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We have over 100 episodes available both at the caninenation.ca website and also available through iTunes and other podcast directories. You can also find Canine Nation articles at the lifeisahuman.com website or follow the links under writing at caninenation.ca. There are some great podcasts out there about dogs, behavior, and training. I'd like to share two of my favorites with you. Dog Talk with Nick Benger is a weekly podcast out of the UK. Nick interviews some of the best and brightest trainers in the world. He gives you a look not just at training concepts and techniques, but also some great insight into the person he's talking with. Lots of great information and some wonderful stories from Nick's guests. You can find Nick's podcast on iTunes and all of the major podcast directories, or you can check out his website at nickbenger.com. That's N-I-C-K-B-E-N-G-E-R dot com. The Animal Training Academy podcast with Ryan Cartledge is another great interview podcast from New Zealand. Ryan's guests are from many areas of the training world, not just dogs. Ryan has interviewed horse trainers, behavioral scientists, wild animal trainers working with zoos, and lots and lots of great dog people as well. Ryan's podcast is also available at iTunes and the best podcast directories. You can find Ryan's website at animaltrainingacademy.com. So head to your favorite podcast listening app and check these out. Canine Nation is also on Facebook. You can find our Canine Nation page where we post information about the latest articles, podcasts, and news about Canine Nation events. We also have a discussion group the Canine Nation Forum. It's a place to discuss the podcast, the Canine Nation essays, life with dogs, and training our dogs, or just to share some information we found around the Internet. Thank you for listening. I'd appreciate it if you'd share this with the dog people in your life. I guess that's all for now. Until next time, have fun with your dogs.